Hello there and welcome to the first episode of the Sith Taker Snapshots podcast after the Sith Taker Open 2023. Um, so I was like, what? First one? What? No, uh, first one since we finished the Sith Taker Open. So we're all really um, kind of on a massive upward vibe at the minute because uh, we're recording on uh, Monday evening um, after the event finished yesterday. So uh, everybody's really happy, but we have all slept and stuff. Um, joining me today, we don't have Ben Hibbert because... Um, the forever world champion Ollie Pocknell has um, smitten him with a cold um, after they spent a little bit too long in each other's close proximity over the course of Saturday evening um, while eating curry and drinking beer. Um, so uh, we do have um, the bestest boy, but a perennial bridesmaid. It's Liam Baker. Might as well call me Mr. Arsenal by now. Excuse me, Arsenal are going to win the league this year, but we're not going to talk about football. Although we could, because Ben's not here, so we won't just spend the entire time muttering until we stop. Um, Common trend not... is top four, let's be honest. <laughs> it's not bad. Yeah. <laughs> we'll get into Hi, that everyone. in a bit. We'll get into that in a bit. Um, and also joining us, um, he is taller than Ben, but only just. It's Tom Reed. <laughs> Thanks for having me, guys. <laughs> Normally, yeah. you only bring me on when I've won something, so this is kind of you. <laughs> Oh, it's good. It's only because the winner wouldn't come on, so don't yeah, worry about I, it. I'm fully aware. <laughs> um, so yeah, so this is Taker Open, um, as I've already said, uh, happened yesterday. Oh yeah, Tim's going to talk as well. Hiya, Tim. Oh yeah, and Tim. Yeah. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> I said I said you had poured myself a glass of beer and it's gone right to my head. <laughs> so, like, just... so I've not drunk all weekend because I've been driving backwards and forwards to my house. Um, and uh, so I thought I'd treat myself to a beer tonight. And honestly, I, I probably shouldn't have before before we recorded. But no, I, I think in fairness, it is. It, you know, we are all going to be a bit tired and a bit all over the place tonight because it was a very good weekend, but you know, a very long weekend. Uh, it was great seeing everybody, but yeah, I, I feel like yeah, maybe a few more extra days to recover. Yeah, well, I took today off work and I'm really glad I did, to be honest, because it allowed me to kind of hang out with some of the uh, the, the players who'd booked um, Monday night uh, travel uh, for like a Monday afternoon, Monday evening travel, returning back home, um, like some of the international guests. And uh, yeah, it also gave me a time to kind of get over the event drop, which is um, I'm currently fighting off. Um, because it's this massive kind of, well, I've been focusing everything on this weekend for the last year. Um, and now it's gone, mm. and now I'm going to start again. Um, maybe for next year. I say maybe. You know, it's not. It's not a maybe, is it? But um, so anyway, right. Sith Taker Open. We had 105 players on the day, um, which was awesome. Absolutely awesome. It's always a bit unfortunate when you get an odd number of players. Um, we had a number of, you know, late additions and late removals, and we thought we were going to be an even numbers. And in the end, when we when we generated the first round, we did have a buy. Um, the buy did lead to some very unfortunate um, people missing cut because they got the buy um, at some point, even though they got a 4-1 result. Um, they, they'd got a buy and that tanked their strength of schedule, I think, was what happened. So, um, yeah, it was, uh, it was a bit unfortunate, but um, we played five rounds of Swiss on uh, day one. Um, we cut the top 16, which meant that two of our 4-1 and players missed out. Um, and we'll talk a little bit more about them later on. And then, yeah, the four rounds of cut on, on Sunday. Um, in the end, the final was between Tom. So uh, Tom uh, has won a thing or two in the past and has done all right, but hasn't been playing X-Wing much since the last time he was on the podcast about six months ago. 
um, just due to real life pressures and that kind of stuff. Um, and then uh, Fan Langelan, who came over from Amsterdam Squadron. Um, so, I mean, it's not probably a great secret to most of our listeners, but the event was won in the end by Fan. Um, and in a final that kind of was a bit of a, it was quite short, wasn't it, Tom? The final. Yeah, ending? it was. Kind of, um, it, it was decided fairly quickly. It was, it was disappointing. Yeah, it was. It was the first game of the weekend um, that I didn't feel in. Mm-hmm. Um, I never really got a foothold in it. Farm played really, really well, um, and I think my inexperience showed a little bit. I got dragged out of position. Um, mm-hmm. I think if you go back and watch the stream on, um, you know that the guys did. I think you'll see that actually I never really managed to bring Bobber to bear. Um, I was quite aggressive with him all weekend, um, which worked really well. Um, got in people's faces, did Bobber things. Um, quite often took us took a smash of damage like early doors, but then he just escapes and, and he lives and you're fine. Um, and I found that worked really well. Um, but this time I just didn't bring his guns to bear. He got one good shot, I whiffed it, and that was it. Um, and and Farn's positioning meant that I couldn't ever capitalise on on the guns again. Um, but it, it so it was a bit of a disappointment of a final. To be honest, it was a, it was a shame it wasn't a better game. But um, all credit to Farn, he executed it really really well. And um, and that's where your skill and experience pays off, I think. Um, and mine showed in in that final, unfortunately. And when we've spoken to you before, and I know like long-term listeners will have probably listened to the previous episodes you've done with us where you've talked about your approach to the game. Um, you're, you're very much a, I need a, a list with 100 reps before I'll go to a big event and play with it. And yeah. you, hit, you hit the Sith Taker open with one practice game on the Friday night with the list, um, yeah. having borrowed the ships and the dials and the cardboard that you needed from somebody because you, you didn't have access to them because you decided to attend quite late as a casual thing to come along and see everybody. But then you being you, you got your competitive brain on and you started like yeah, really focusing I, in on it. I, uh, I said I was going to take it really, really casually and it was going to be a bit of a social and I brought some stuff over, you know, get ready to go out with all the boys and have a bit of a social. Because in the past, I haven't really done a huge amount of that. I've got in, I've settled down, um, got my tournament head on and cracked on. And uh, mm-hmm. somewhat frustratingly, um, I did exactly the same again. I got in, um, played my games, went home, went to bed, watched some of the stream to learn what I could, got up and went again. <laughs> so uh, it was, uh, I, I didn't manage to stay true to the idea of staying casual. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> no. one, one, one day, maybe. One day, maybe. Yeah, one, but, you know, one day. <clears throat> one day. I mean, for the fact that you, you know, had literally played maybe like a dozen games of X-Wing in the last six months, um, if, if even that, um and one game with the list to kind of learn the interactions on the Friday night. You made the top table. So, you know, make makes people like me feel bad, Tom. With all of our reps and practicing and everything like that and overthinking everything. So there's just something to be said for natural talent and I hate people that have it. So um it's, uh, blind Bobber, I think. <laughs> Bobber's Bobber is uh Bobber's my answer to everything. I think the uh the first is take open. I didn't really know what to do, and I just bought Boba. That's that's clearly the answer that I take. Um, Maybe I should I, give him a try. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I, I've I've actually played like a handful of games um, with some of the lads, like over the course of the last several months, with the lads from Sheffield and and the lads from Leeds. That the scenes are doing really really well there. Mm-hmm. Um, so I thought, you know, I've, I've played a bit here and there, and I actually hosted an event and ran my first one as well, which was which was actually surprisingly good fun. Just a little eighteen manner. 
over mm. in Pontefract, which was good fun. And unfortunately, there was even numbers on the day, so I didn't get to play. Um, but I, I, I had a go at Bobber and Kanan. And yeah. so learn. although if you watch the streaming at Ollie, you wouldn't think it because I forgot Kanan existed for a while. Um, I actually learned like the two, that small element of the list. Mm-hmm. I just didn't know what the third ship needed to be. I, I attempted to run Eamon. Um, just because I love the fire spray chassis, but then I yeah. ran him like a bomber and tried to make the most of that ability, and it was just a terrible error. I should have just run him like a fire spray. Um, mm-hmm. And so actually, I thought I thought the list was weaker than it was. Um, rocked up on Friday, spoke to like Connor and some of the other boys that are experienced and been doing well with a double fire spray version. Um, but the general consensus convinced me to go on to um, onto Rook. Obviously, it's been successful in the States as well. Um, so I thought, yeah, I'll give, I'll give this a go. And actually, I turned out to really like Rook. That was definitely the right choice. I was wrong. People were right. Um, despite my heart telling me that I needed to play Dengar. I mean, I think like we, we chatted a bit about it in the Sith Taker kind of chat groups with you as well. Um, yeah. And But you were still undecided. And people were just kind of going, Dengar is good, but Rook is better. Yeah. Um, and, you know, knowing what we know about your play style, we were kind of going, you know, yes, we know you love Dengar, we know you love Jumpmasters, and you'll probably get the best out of Dengar, but... And then explained how Rook worked, and you were like, yeah. oh, oh, yeah. <laughs> okay. I, I think I've played my entire, like, career of X-Wing fairly risk-adverse. Yeah. Like, low variance, um, fairly risk-adverse, fairly fairly dull, really. Mm-hmm. Um just live behind a bit of agility and a load of health and shields and and see what happens and rook just to be honest just fitted that like a dream um and when i saw him in action it was absolutely the right choice he just didn't die he just keeps seven points for you Mm -hmm. um throw him down people's faces and i think from what the from what i'd heard around the room like that it seemed like the conclusion that people had drawn is you just kill that third ship whatever it is not bobber not kane and you kill that third ship Mm -hmm. um but I found that being incredibly aggressive with Bobber brought a few people away from that. They started to think they could kill Bobber. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know how much you want detail you want to go into each game, but certainly my top 16 game, it sort of turned on that. Like I threw Bobber out there. Um, Dave went to kill Bobber, um, but he was Bob was now blocked up in amongst all of his stuff. Yeah. Like Kanan drops a couple of the shots down. Bobber's got re-rolls on everything. And and this six six ship swarm like just plinks off Bobber's shields and then Bobber's away and actually now Rook's gained position. Um, and just being super aggressive with Bobber meant that Rook lived, and 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 that combination worked quite well. Yeah, yeah. I really um like the thing with the Bobber is that he's always been hard to kill, and in two point six, sometimes you get. F- five or six turns yeah. and if you've got five or six turns of engaging Bobber, you might kill him but it's five or six turns including the two to three turns of positional play and you know like jousting like jostling for position and that kind of stuff you know so yeah. if you don't catch Bobber cold with all of your ships at the same time at range two to three and plink off a lot of his health before he mashes himself into range one and activates all of his nonsense, yeah. then you're not going to kill him. Um, and if you don't kill him, then you won't kill him by the end no, of the you, game. And it's, you've it's... wasted so much time, and you've, like you say, you, you haven't got that many rounds of combat now. 
Um, yeah. You need to, every decision I think matters a little bit more than it used to in a way, because you, as you reduce the turns down, every decision point is a greater percentage of the points that you're making across the, <laughs> across the game. Mm-hmm. Um, so I found that every, every movement mattered more in a way. Um, and ev- and every combat was more was strangely more decisive because there was fewer of them. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was. Um, I think, like the the list that you were flying, really swings on the fact that two of the three ships are really really hard to kill, right? Yeah. They don't give up their points. There's like a seven pointer and a nine pointer that are effectively unkillable points fortresses unless you allow yourself to be like ganged up on essentially and it, yeah. i mean the gauntlet will eventually die because you know they'll surround you they'll get shots where you're not reinforced and you know and so on and so on but um often by the time they've managed to take the gauntlet down with its two greens you've won the game with boba with objectives with other things so i, Can I just talk, jump in on that i was just going to say we're going to talk about your top four game against liam um at some point probably but you go ahead liam what you're going to say uh, you say it's two out of three, but Kanan himself takes a lot of resource to kill. Mm-hmm. Uh, Especially when you position, like, because it, it clicked, obviously, that Kanan's positioning can be really far back, like, much further back than I initially anticipated when I first started having a go. Because it's not range three. Obviously, people are you know, going to know this, but it's not range three to the thing that's shooting at you. It's range three to the target. And and that that just adds a huge amount of distance. Like, so if they want to kill Kanan, that's fine. But they've either got a flank and do it, which risks not scoring any points on the way, or they've got to come through two two bases that are going to hurt you on the way, and, and potentially block you up. Um, so it just isn't the easiest job. Yeah, yeah, it's all a bit. Yeah, uh, it's it, I'm, I'm just. Yeah, I'm. I'm just thinking about like the couple of games I've played against it, and the like the Republic lists that we've been chatting about a bit, where you've got the the born for this clones that are, you know, tokening up. And I think your list struggles against Republic in a yeah. to to an extent because you don't have enough shots to get through those token stacks when they're doing the defensive stuff. Yeah. Um, that said, Fan wasn't playing um, that defensive version of the Jedi list that's been so common over the last few weeks, certainly around our way and, and, and online. Um, he was playing um, a variant of a list that won, I can't remember what the event was in America. Uh, Gen um, Con. Gen Con. Um, so for a fan's list for anybody who kind of wasn't watching or, or can't remember was he had um, Anakin Skywalker with the Delta 7B with crack shot and a shield upgrade and the R4P17, which is the turnaround action droid. Um, Obi-Wan Kenobi with a shield upgrade and elusive and CLT. Um, Contrail with a shield upgrade and crack shot. And a Hawk, which is the lat that can boost in the system phase if it's done a three-speed move, um, with dedicated and seventh fleet gunner and an agile gunner as well. Um, so he's got a, a five, um, five-point uh, ship that exists to be disarmed and give Anakin four dice double modded shots and Obi-Wan Kenobi potentially a five dice double modded range one CLT absolute banger if he manages to get the positioning off so um hyper aggressive like a hyper hyper aggressive list it's it's there to do murder 
and not really to play for objectives. Um, when you were playing him in the final, did, did he go just for the murder kill? Because it was um, the final scenario was scramble, wasn't it? The one with three. Is that right? Yeah, he, he, he managed to make sure that generally he had two objectives and I had one. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he he did a really good job of getting to Kane and like the job we just said was can be difficult. Like Farn executed it really, really well. He got his Jedi in in exactly the sort of positions that you'd expect them to be in. Um something I've spoken about, you know, in, in, in days gone by is always if you've got two two aces, like get them to opposite sides of the board, make sure that one arc never covers both of them so they're they are occupying very different spaces and, and making your opponent make choices rather than just being able to slow roll into them like mm-hmm. he got he got one of them down on the bottom left hand corner as i looked one up to the top right and came in from different angles um mm-hmm. and he just got to Kanan, um and i and i failed to do anything about it and, and that was probably critical really yeah i mean so we uh, we we joked about it earlier on. We are going to get a fan on to talk about his list, but um, he's going to be coming on after Worlds because he's he's deep in the middle of Worlds prep and he doesn't want to give away too many secrets about what his list is and how he flies it before he goes to Worlds and tries to win the thing. So, um, we, I I understand that and and we kind of get it. Um, so um, I'm sure Tom, if you'd been going to Worlds, you wouldn't be too keen to come yeah, on the podcast and no, spill I... your guts at, at this. At, you know, three weeks before the event. So, and if and if I was here, I wouldn't listen to anything I said. <laughs> It'd all be misinformation. It'd all be lies. <laughs> so I wouldn't. I wouldn't. Uh, I don't blame Fine at all. It makes a lot of sense. I'd be doing exactly the same. I'd be keeping yeah. my mouth shut and seeing how um, and seeing how my prep went. Ready for um, ready for Worlds. Um, yeah. So hope, hopefully post um, post Worlds, we'll be able to get Fan on. We'll be able to talk a little bit about um, our event, but we'll also then talk to him about you know Worlds and how that's gone for him as well. So obviously Fan's one of the kind of top players um, around at the moment. So it'll be great to get somebody like him on to get his perspective on the event after it happens. So I mean, um, no pressure he... or anything, but he would be my bet for Worlds. <laughs> I mean, I, I was going to say, um, obviously, we, we've not really sort of mentioned it yet, but we did promote it beforehand and during, uh, but the games were uh, live-streamed on Firecast Focus. Uh, yeah. So the fi- the final is on there. Um, I believe you can watch it back. I, I was planning to do some of that today, but I'll be honest, I've, I've been ve- vegetating on the sofa for a fair bit, just watching random uh, drossy stuff, and I, I actually wanted to kind of watch the games. I mean, I was the uh, the stream judge for the Top Cup, um, so I did have front row seats uh, for uh, quite a few of Tom's games actually, because you were on stream quite a bit for the Top Cup. Um, I think that's the most I've ever ever done it. Yeah, that's the most I've ever played on stream. Like, yeah, I, yeah. I play three. What happens on stream? Actually, yeah, it just it happens sometimes, doesn't it? That that way, it just sort of boils down. So I think you obviously you, you got picked to be the top eight. Then we fifty-fifty yeah. to the top four um, because yeah. um, basically one player of each matchup was happy to go on stream and one player preferred not to, so we just tossed a coin to work out who was going to go on. And then obviously the it took, took me was... ages to convince Tom to go on stream. <laughs> <laughs> that that would work better if I hadn't just been on. Um, yeah, that's fair. <laughs> but the um, yeah, so I, th- I think uh, obviously a yeah, big shout out out to uh, Nick. Uh, pond obviously for doing the streaming on the uh, Sunday, but a massive shout out to Nikki Burnett who uh, pretty much single handedly ran the show on the Saturday. Uh, which uh, you know, streaming is a massive community uh, sort of bonus, really, to, you know, for 
people are not at the event to be able to watch the games uh, but people can just go back and watch them afterwards and so without that then there wouldn't have been a stream so thank you nikki yeah i had a quick spool through and there were a lot of people going is there no sound and like by that point twitch chat within about a second we're just going no audio firecaster playing and then nikki was like constantly in chat updating and uh, johnny hall who was um kind of doing a lot of the media stuff for the event so a lot of posters uh pictures and posts and facebook things and stuff um was also in chat kind of responding to things so um while there wasn't active commentary uh yeah nikki did a great job i know steve um bolton jumped on um for the last game uh, of the day because he dropped for the last game um because he couldn't stand up anymore or something his back was given out um so he was just like i'll come and sit over and so he did a little bit of commentary on the last one, which I must admit, when I was spooling through, it kind of freaked me out because I was sitting there, used to, you know, kind of silence. And then I, I zoomed forward a little bit through a planning phase and all of a sudden there was a voice in my ears and I was like, well, it's a bit, bit weird. It kind of freaked me out. But um, yeah. I, I went uh, back and watched today, to be fair. I used my afternoon wisely and uh, went back and, and saw where I could uh, play better. I mean, so that, that means you're going to play a bit more than you have in the last six months, right? Uh, yeah, I've just uh, I've just signed up to the Sheffield event. <laughs> nice, <laughs> good man. I must admit, good like I, I, I really en- I really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed it, and I actually um, I always knew I was going to have a good weekend. But yeah, um, it, it's big. It's big tournament uh, vibes, so, though, isn't it? Like my, being uh, in a room. The other half has just appeared at the at the living room door. Noticed that I said that I've signed up for the Sheffield event, saying, "Well, you've not told me." <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> just got in trouble on the. Uh, You've only just you've only you've only just got all your wife points back from all those yeah, years exactly, that you were yeah. disappearing every weekend to play. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so that hasn't gone well. So um but no, I really enjoyed it. I knew I was gonna have a cracking weekend. Um yeah. because I was gonna see everyone. But I genuinely didn't expect to enjoy the game as much as I did. Mm-hmm. Um and it I really, really enjoyed it to the point where actually like I uh I gave the old man a really good sales speech this afternoon on to why he should try it. And, um, do you think he's why, gonna? Do you think he's gonna give it a blast? I think this is the most convinced he's been because um, I explained all the things that I'd felt about it and and how negative I'd been about it, and just the fact that actually, if as a standalone game, it's really really good. Mm-hmm. Like it's not the old game, and if you view if you try and view comparisons or make comparisons between the two, like it's never going to work. But actually, as a standalone game in its own merits, it's really, really good. Yeah. And that's and you've just got to make that mental jump between the between. Yeah. So for, there was a funny thing that actually happened, and um, Sean Milligan, who is the kind of the admin side of the TO stuff, he ran our long shanks. He did an amazing job. But he was um, standing down near the bar at the entrance to Element, and uh, some guys came in just looking for casual gaming space. And uh, the, the the bar staff were like, sorry, we're full, there's a big event on. And they went, oh, what is it? Because, you know, Element, there's always like big 40K events, big Age of Sigmar events, um, whatever. And they, they went, oh, it's uh, it's X-Wing. And the guys went, oh, I used to play X-Wing. Somebody told me it was a dead game. And they were like, obviously not, <laughs> you know. And a lot of people said that to me. And uh, like I said, first thing in the morning, when I looked out, there was 105 people pulling the ships and everything out and getting ready and i was like yeah this is this is awesome like i got a little bit choked up had to take a moment to myself to calm down you know it was just it was just wonderful to see that that number of people um in the event just 
like the hype, the buzz, the people giving each other hugs. It was all like the, you know, the post COVID thing where everybody was, you know, really, really like joyful to be in the room with those people doing something that we all kind of share together. So um, I'm going to stop talking like this before I get all emotional again, and start, start, start crying down the podcast. So, um, so your top four game was against some eight foot jolly green giant of a man who only eats chicken nuggets. Um, uh, actually, no, that's not strictly true. He, he, there's photographic evidence of him eating, was it a dozen sausages? <laughs> a dozen sausages. Yeah, I've heard him order oh, that on Saturday morning. I'm so glad I just left. I was so hungover. <laughs> I, was, I felt so awful. I made 14 mistakes Friday night, and that consisted of 10 points and four vodka shots. So when Liam was leaving the venue on Friday night when we were doing setup, I just said to him, Liam, remember to stop. And he went, what? I said, remember to stop. He said, no, I'm not even that drunk. I said, I know you're not now, but remember to stop because you're about to go to the pub, aren't you? He went, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, remember to stop. And he said, all right, I will. He didn't. Listen, it was your fault for not constantly checking up on me. <laughs> I should have come with you and sat in the corner drinking coke, shouldn't I? Yes. Every time you tried to pick up your pint, slap you on the hand and say, no, Liam. But anyway, it seems like you actually play better while, you know, unable to see because you didn't you didn't do badly. Um, you did quite well. So on day I mean, one... You looked awful, though, didn't I? <laughs> you looked a complete dribbling mess, but, you know... All the blood vessels in my head had popped. <laughs> so, I mean, you got... Um... You got up to, uh, I mean, you finished in eighth in Swiss, um, yeah. four, four and one. Um, you were one of the four and ones that made it. I am going to actually at this moment do a, a quick um, brief pause and uh, a moment for Matt Coggins, who we've had on the podcast in the past, who lost his first game, played out of his skin, uh, went four and one, uh, but finished in 17th. Um and a real massive feels bad moment um, for Sver, who came over to play from Oslo in Norway. Um, he lost his first game, and of the hundred and uh, of the fifty-two people that lost their first game, he was the one that Longshanks RNG'd into the bye. Um, so he got the bye. He finished in eighteenth because basically he lost his first game, got the bye round two, and then won three games on the bounce. Um, but finished bottom of the four and one pile, having come from Oslo to miss a game and then miss miss out and cut because of basically RNG from the tournament software. I like it felt really really bad. But I'll just jump in there. So I, I actually played uh, Sphere, um last game and he beat me. Uh, cracking game. Um, I was very much on top in the first half, uh, but he very much beat me in the second half of the game. Um, and so much so it came down to the last shot of the game. Um, and yes, it's a shame that he, he won, but failed to make cut. Um, it's a bit of a tough one, but you know, we've already sort of had a bit of a chat about feedback from that, but it was great to chat to, um, Sver, uh, Christian and, uh, Mikhail who, uh, all came over and, uh, yeah, it seemed like they had a great event. Yeah. Yeah. So like the guys come over, um, I, I'm, I'm going to briefly mention them in a, in a bit, but the guys who came over from kind of continental Europe were, an absolute joy to have in the room because you know it really lifted the vibe of the event and like stopped it from being a just you know all the same uk faces that you know you see kind of at most of the things that we go to as, as a group um to you know really making it feel like an awesome international thing um we have sphere and, and matt 
we got um, gifted a, an Enigma Wargaming uh, prize that was donated um, to us by uh, Rich King, um, Sith Taker. Um, so he he kind of had has these ships for a while and has been trying to give them away and get rid of them. And well, sell so them so those were the ships that I won from Jason's raffle that I then yes. g- gave away at my event. So now he's, yes. he's given them away for you to give away. Yeah. But Sphere was <laughs> flying Vader Defender. Yes, I know. <laughs> and he's now got an amazingly painted, converted Vader Defender. So it's like a Defender model, but with, I think, like Whisper Wings on it or something. Like it's got these big, enormous, big, pointy, fierce-looking wings. So, yeah, I think they are 3D printed. I don't think they're actually whis- Whispers because that would be nuts. Cause you, yeah, like <laughs> triple the value of the thing. <laughs> well, this is it. You'd have to buy, what, one, one and a half uh, Fury of the First Orders. <laughs> yeah no he's um so like Sver saw that and he was like because we said you know we're going to give you these ships tomorrow morning if you don't make it into cut because you know if somebody in cut drops you know they might have made it into cut and he was like i've come from norway and my wife's here i'd rather go and do something else tomorrow can you just give me the ship now and, and i was like had a quick chat with the um had a quick chat with a, a bunch of the uh, the guys that were in cut, and there was nobody making. Yeah, I'm not coming back. Noises. Everybody was very much like, "Who am I playing tomorrow? Who am I playing tomorrow?" And it was very obvious that if we did get one drop, Matt would jump up, but Sphere wouldn't. So uh, we gifted him that um, that defender as a as an apology. And, and as you said, we've we've received feedback from the community and, and from um, other kind of tos and stuff about it. And w- I think we've already got a plan in place to make sure that. Um, forum ones don't miss cut again that we'll be able to um, run the event in such a way that you know if you know if we have to do play-ins or whatever you know and it depends on the venue it depends on the time that we run it it depends on so many different factors but um, yeah so um, mentioning them um, Liam you came eight yeah in Swiss and then you made it through the top four where you got um I mean, are you going to need counselling after what Tom did to you on stream in top four? Or are you okay now? Are we broke fine the anyway. <laughs> yeah. So the reason the score went up that high is because I was telling Tom, just let me get double figures, yeah. please. You, you just let me get double figures. Fair. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to take double figures whether he wants me to or not. <laughs> did it leave me completely exposed and ready to die? Yes, but I got double figures. That's all I cared about. So you so, got to like 11 and he got to 29 or something. Uh, no, no 30, 30, 33. 33, wow. So if, because I knew I was going to lose anyway, the double figures is all that meant, uh, mattered to me at that point. Mm-hmm. So I could have just flown away, but I saw an opportunity to kill Kanan. So I took it and I was like, you know, I'm just going to punch Boba. So I did. I can say that because he's not in the room. I mean, like, and with with a lot of those games that go into the thirties, it, it is the typical thing of the previous turn. Tom only managed to get to nineteen, so the game didn't end. So you had to play on another turn, and it just so happened in that last turn that Tom, yeah, scored an awful lot of shit points. Um, and you know, you you do see games like that. I mean, I think Tom, I think I've worked out you'd scored seventeen scenario points yeah, in the in yeah, that you- game. Told me that after, and I think that was um, it was probably the game I was happiest with in terms of how I just managed the objectives and my movement in relation to those objectives. It was, uh, a, it was assault, wasn't it? Yeah, it was assault. One way you got to be near stuff, yeah. yeah. So, 
I was um, chatting to Funwalk. He was watching the 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 stream um, on that one on one of the TVs, and he basically just was like, "I think Tom won this game on turn zero. And I said, "What do you mean?" And he pointed. There was a lane, yeah, like an almost diagonal lane between one objective, um, the, between the middle objective in, and then an objective on each side of it, and there was yeah. a lane between them. Now, there was a triangle of three objectives that I think Liam had blocked with a large rock to stop yeah. you from putting your gauntlet in it to score three at a time. But that line of three objectives, you were able to put your gauntlet in a position where you were scoring two and then stopping to score two again, unless yeah. Liam came in to contest one of them with Django. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you did a two forward, which put you between the other two. And then you stopped again and then turned around and then did another two forward. So you were basically just ticking up two points a turn with your gauntlet running up and down that thing while simultaneously firing into Liam's ships. Um, and it was like, right, that's just objective points, isn't it? As we looked at it, and Fomalk's just like, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. It's, it's pretty much unwinnable. And this was like when it was 15-7 or something like that, um, I think it was. And it was just like, yeah, how, how can he stop it from happening? It's like, he has to kill Rook. Yeah. He, has, he has to kill Rook I, to stop I that actually felt and the t- he can't do it. I, I felt the time that it actually really swung my way, and Liam, correct me like if you think differently, but from my perspective, it was actually when um, Django had to hard turn away from me and then boost, and yes. he, ended up go- he ended up going down to the bottom right-hand corner towards that area as, as I'm looking at the board. Um I just felt now, well, actually now I've got two turns of scoring three points. Two with Rook, one with Jack, uh, my Bobber. And I'm not going to be contested. I can do a little bit of damage. I can do a bit of shooting. And I think I happened to, to get lucky with the double um, damage onto um, onto the lad who brings himself back. Um, Urge, yeah. Urge, but but I got a kill in there. But actually when Django turned away and it meant that actually when he came back, I was going to be six points up mm-hmm. there. I felt actually, you know what? I think I, I think I went out to about a 12, four lead 15, five. Um, and I was like, yeah, I think, I think that's the moment. I think yeah. it was before that, to be honest. Um, okay. My first shot, I put two shields on Boba with Dirge yeah. and the follow-up turn, I blocked him. So he couldn't really do a lot. Yeah. What I failed to recognise at the time because I was like, I've got a plan, I'm going to go kill Kanan and then yeah. unleash everything on Rook. I still had my one Tri-Fighter and Django who could have just hurt Boba. Yeah, and they, uh, they went away. And they went away. Uh, I've got two shields off him, I'm dropping a Proton Bomb. I probably could have stripped two more and that's where there would have been serious issues. Uh, and yeah. I completely ignored the the changing circumstances and just gave the game away. Uh, Tom didn't put a foot wrong. I was already I felt I was already on the back hill anyway because of the scenario and Tom's list. Uh, at this point, I've regretted pushing him towards Rook. <laughs> uh, but yeah, he didn't put a foot wrong, and it's. I didn't really notice a difference from Tom 2.0 to Tom 2.6. It was just a solidly flown game. Uh, but I think this is the least nervous I've ever been to play at a high level because I'll, I'll, I'll say it now, like 
I did not go to the STO to play X-Wing this year. That was just a bonus. Uh, I was at the point of just dropping and not coming anyway. Uh, I'm glad I didn't listen to my brain. Uh, I came along I'm glad and... you didn't listen to your brain, I'll be honest. Because there was absolutely zero pressure from me. I didn't really care. I just sat down feeling worse for myself because of the previous 14 mistakes and just got on with it. And to be fair, I think the hangover helped because I couldn't be asked to second guess myself. I just trusted. I was like, this will do. And I, I kind of just real, went. I think that's on. a real skill in terms of competition. I think you like it's a, it's a difficult mindset to, to get into um, without the beer, I would suggest. Um, but, it's a, it is a real thing, like getting to the point where you're casual enough or confident enough, and whichever way you need to go, it's probably worth getting to one or the other, um, where you trust what you're thinking. Um, like in the old days of X-wing, I was I was dialed into the point where I just knew the first thought was probably the right one. Yeah, I didn't second guess myself. Whereas I definitely had moments during this where I was like, mm, do I? Don't I? What do I do? Um, but as the weekend went on, and I, I and I dialed myself in a little bit more to how the objectives play and and where I need to put my stuff to um, to get the best out of those points, um, and really what I was trying to achieve with my list, like why 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 am I even here? What's this? What does this do? Um, it you, you just you lose. I I felt by the time I, I mean I, I didn't play well in the final, but by the time I got there and I'd gone through Dave and yourself and and Ollie. Um, it felt like the list was was much more tuned in, and I wasn't second guessing myself anymore. And I was just letting the 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 the, the dials flow, um, almost like I was playing back in two point Yeah, but I think it's so an think... important part of psychology to get yourself to that point. Through, and I used to do it with reps. And you know, you mentioned it earlier, Rich. I used to just do it by reps. I just be like, well, I've done this situation before, so I know what the answer is. Um, and that's how I got comfortable with all the things I did. This time it had to be a little bit more by feel. Mm-hmm. I mean, I I can't remember who it was that said it, and um, somebody said that they just noticed you like, like almost getting comfortable with the scenarios as the day went on because you lost yeah. your first round game, didn't you? Yeah, I did. Yeah, um, and then you had the squeaky bum time because we we all knew that too. Like as I we all like the people who'd been any in any way contact in contact with the organizing of the event at the start that if we didn't get a few drops in the morning which we were expecting there was going to be um four months that didn't make cut and as soon as we were over 100 we knew there was going to be two four and ones and you lost your first game and you said if i don't make cut at four and one i'm gonna burn this place to the raging and in the end you know you you squeaked i think you were in 13th or something like that um or it might have been 15th actually after 15th, everything yeah, yeah it was 15th, 15th yeah yeah. Um so nervously refreshing Longshanks watching me <laughs> drop down the table. Um yeah. I think it was quite amusing that actually me and Fan lost round one on tables next to each other. Yeah. Um so Sunday afternoon felt a long way from that uh that moment on Saturday morning where we uh where we were losing next to each other. Well, I mean you lost your first game in your last game and he lost his first game and, and didn't lose since then. Okay. So no, yeah. You know, just charged through the event. But you you didn't meet each other until the final. Like I know no. um 
Fan lost to Dan Atty in round one, and then Fan played Dan Atty in yeah, cut, got round the, of 16 the, and got revenge, yeah. Got the cut revenge, yeah, yeah which is always so, nice. Yeah, it is. Um, I'm just going to um, very quickly um, run down the, the, the players that made cut. Um, so our King of Swiss was Dom Flanagan from the Firecast Focus Flying, um, a really very nasty separatist list that you can look up on Longshanks. Um, but um, I look at it and I don't understand why it's so nasty, but I, I watched him playing it a few times and he's, he's very, very precise with how he was playing it. So um, the, the other 5-0 and o player was Dave Sutcliffe, also known as Stay on the Leader. So he was flying a five-ship first-order salad, six-ship first-order salad. Six ship, yeah, yeah. Um, which is, you know, basically based on those three super-efficient three-point um, TIE fighters. Um, then uh, top of the... F- Four and ones because he got a draw. So four wins and one draw was um, Denny Provenzano um, from TNX Squadron down in London. Um, but obviously he's he's Italian, so we will tick one country off the list there. Um, then Ollie Pocknell in fourth with Imperial Aces. Dan Athey uh, was also flying separatists. He was flying an interesting uh, thing that involved a um, an infiltrator. Um, so he had Kaduki and an infiltrator with um, Dirge, a couple of vultures, and Grievous. Um, then uh, Kester Smith with First Order um, Jonas, I don't know his surname I expect that he signs up as Jonas because his surname is unpronounceable from Germany uh, who was flying basically the he, same list as Fan He was my um, round one, round one loves. A- absolutely lovely fella um, yeah. yeah, we caught up with each other quite a few times over the course of the event um, lovely, lovely bloke, massive shout out to him yeah, we had an absolutely fantastic game on uh, on Saturday morning and he beat me uh, 2318, I think. Um, so I'm going to ask you a question here, and there's no right or wrong answer here. But did you look at the fact that he had really tattered cardboard templates and think, oh, he's new, or those are really tatty cardboard templates? So, so ironically, this the, everyone in the corner is having a good laugh because I was trying to tell him that I didn't know what I was doing and I was super new. Yeah, and... with your with your I I've come top four in nationals. Yeah, all black on templates. Those, I, those I, things, I yeah. did I did try and suggest that it had been a while. Um, yeah. And he was having none of it. And he was using, like, he was making the same joke because he brought all his cardboard stuff. And uh, so, yeah, we were having a bit of a giggle. He wasn't buying my story, but uh, he, uh, we had a right, right good laugh about it. And he was an absolutely fantastic opponent and played really, really well. Um, we, had a, we had a game that went down probably to the last couple of turns until he pulled away into a position where he was going to win. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, it was a, it was a cracking game, and uh, so yeah, massive shout out to that guy because uh, it was a, it was a really really open, good opening to the tournament. Yeah, he's a he's a lovely man. He was chatting lovely to me fella. through the course of the through the course of the day as well, and like you know, he's he's one of those extroverted people that kind of if you meet him at the event, he constantly comes and checks in and chats to you and stuff. So it's yeah, really really good to meet. And uh, yeah, we ended up actually because um, he said I've I've never won a, a set or I've never been given a set. Nobody ever you know gives me these things, and we had a set of. Um, like a full set of templates that somebody had donated to us for the bounty table. And we were like, well, we can't really slam a full set of templates on the bounty table. So we were trying to figure out a way to do them. And he was just like, I've never had a set of acrylics. And we were like, do you want these? And he was like, thanks. We're like, yeah, cool. There you go. So he got them as a little gift. Um, So he's not going to be using them tatty bits of uh, cardboard anymore. He's going to be representing 2016 Harlequin Store Championship Purple. Uh, you say that, so. you say that, Rich. But I bet you the next big event he goes to, he turns up with his tattered cardboard 
templates and plays the exact same story. He's probably sitting on about 30 template trays at home. Oh, yeah. yeah. He's done me. He's done me. He's done me. Um, then the eighth we've already said was Liam. Ninth was Sam Cooper from the 10th Squadron, again flying some absolutely filthy, degenerate, separatist nonsense uh, that involved Dirge, a whole bunch of drones uh, with Proxmines. Um, and General Grievous, and it was just rude in many, many ways. Um, then uh, Funwalk, who was flying a um, Resistance Falcon Poe plus four ships. Um, ben Saunders, I, I don't know what group Ben Saunders represents. I know he's from kind of down south somewhere. Isn't he glossed um, away? Yeah. So he might be with um, Vagabonds, maybe. Anyway, he was flying a, a six-ship clone list, well, five clones in Barisofi, um with Chopper, which is the correct um, droid to put on the Republic um, in terms of fun and memes. Um, so, yeah, that's, uh, that's Ben. And then we had uh, Fan 12th, um, Kevin Conrad, who's a German living in Ireland, um, in 13th, he was again flying a separatists list, which is which is interesting. It was Django, Dirge, Grievous, and a bombardment drone with Proxmine. So there's a lot of good another lovely, stuff another lovely out. fella. Oh yeah, amazing. He was on XTC team for Ireland this year for the online. Oh XTC. okay. He so, um yeah. he was kind enough to give me a practice game on Friday. Mm-hmm. Um, when I got down to Element, and uh, yeah, he he was game for the practice game. So we actually helped the stream set up, and we played on stream, and he beat me on there. So um, yeah, he was the opening to my uh, to my weekend. He was your learning. He was your learning. He was my learning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a he's a, he's a lovely guy. Absolutely top fella. Yeah. Um, and after him in fourteenth was Matt Farr, so long time regular of events at Element Games, um, along with his uh, his, his son Ewan. Uh, but Matt was flying. Um, a resistance five ship, I think it was, um, like kind of Kaz, Tully, Ray, and Zale four ship. Um, so a, a Ray. Uh, then yourself, Tom, in 15th, and Chris Bobby yeah. uh, from up Scotland. And he was flying a really interesting rebel list that I think a lot of people might have looked at because he played it on stream, I think, in round one of Cut. Um, and he had Ezra Bridger in the gauntlet. Um, he didn't have the Hera I Can Stop Forever build, he had Maul. Um, and then he had Magva Yarrow and Saw Guerrera in U-Wings with Leia and Kanan and Jyn Erso and the Child. So, you know, force points there as well. Um, and then he had Arvel Crinid with Predator and Crackshot to fill in his last three points. And I looked at that and I was like, how? And I mean, Chris is a really great player, but I looked at all that and I was like, but, and then I remembered it's all got at least two greens or better. It's all throwing double modded attacks if he's taking locks. It's all got enough health that it doesn't need to rely on tokens for defense for a couple of turns. I was like, hmm. So I think I might give that a go at some point. I've certainly it's got seen a really good time on target as well. Yeah. Just that spinning. Everything spins around. Doesn't have to move. It's got Leia, <laughs> you know. It's got all those medium and big bases for assault at the satellite array as well. It's like yeah, I'm just going to park these three ships in different places and net four points a turn. <laughs> see, see, see you catch up with that on kill points. Um, kind of loved it. Um, so, yeah, well done to Chris. And that, that was basically cut. Um, so we have also... The the event has also been put up into... Uh, we talked about it a couple of weeks ago, the uh, Pattern Analyzer um, website. So if you go to kind of... I think it's pattern-analyzer-xwing 
there's a, a weird link and we'll probably try and put it into the show notes. Um, but if you go to pattern-analyzer-xwing.com, I'm not even going to try and say it because it's wrong. Sith Taker Open is currently on the top there and you can see all of the squads on there kind of listed out or most of them. There's a few missing. Um, but then there's another button which says stats. So most popular faction, I know we've all looked at them already, so we can't do a guess what it is. Um, but the most popular faction was uh, Empire with 18 lists. The least popular was First Order with eight. Um, it was fairly balanced. The of of the rest, most of them uh, there was three with fifteen, uh, scum with twelve, and resistance with eleven. So, you know, empire was kind of a bit out in front, and then the rest were kind of in much of a muchness in the middle, apart from first order, which was less popular. But maybe it'll be more popular now. Somebody's gone five zero with it and gone into cut. Um, squad size: four or five ship squads are the most popular. I don't think that surprises anybody. Um, and pilot costs. Um, three and four were the most popular, but quite a lot of fives. And there were 10 instances of nine-point pilots. So I think we looked at earlier, and it's eight Boba Fetts and two Defender Vaders uh, were the big expensive pilots that were in the in the place. So, yeah, it's kind of looking at it. It was very interesting. Um, you can see like things like ship compositions and pilot frequencies and upgrade frequencies. Um, most popular upgrade... Anybody who doesn't know want to have a guess? Most popular upgrade. Yeah. What's the thing that most people put on their ships? 58 yeah. copies of it over the Shield? event. Oh, that was second. No. 41 copies. Uh, I did peak earlier, so... I don't yeah. actually know, to be fair. Um, yeah, you're in, you're in the right ballpark. It's elusive. It's a defensive oh, free roll for free. Yeah. So, well, for two points. It's <clears throat> a, a, like 58 instances of that in, so... Um, I mean, we can go through the upgrade slots and, you know, look at them because it's, it's broken down in that way. But I think we'll let our listeners go in and do that by themselves. There's literally no point in us. Um, I've got a question on the back of this. Go on. So there was 22 instances of jamming beam. Mm-hmm. I want to know Did anyone how many fire people one? actually fired it. So I saw a post on Facebook where somebody had jousted a ghost into Martin Chivers's tie swarm and had reinforced front, thinking that that would mean he would take six damage. Yeah. And Martin's first shot was an ion can, uh, was a jamming beam into the ghost, which stripped the reinforce, and then it died because it took all of the damage from the tie swarm rather than reinforcing <laughs> half of it away. That's a good jamming beam, to be fair, but that might be the only one. <laughs> uh, in fairness, I mean, so I, I so I played Martin in our game, and, and at one point he actually wished he had the tractor beam instead of the jamming beam. But uh, I'm not sure that would have helped him as much as I think in that ghost encounter. I think uh, that's yeah. probably quite clutch. Yeah. So at least once is the answer. At to least be once. Fair, in a, in a, in a, in this in a, like obviously I played Rook, so I saw a lot of situations where it would have been really risky if my opponent could have ripped the. The, the reinforce off mm-hmm. like if I'd have been coming up against a jamming beam like I'd have been a bit more scared Yeah, I guess the thing is that you've you've got to like so it's free right but you've got to have a cannon slot um, yeah. and you've then got to waste a three dice attack a shot. Yeah, waste yeah. inverted commas so you've I think the math is that you've got to have like two at least two and preferably three like three definitely secures the added value of getting rid of the reinforce um, but you need to have at least two decently modded shots to follow up 
on the jamming beam to actually make it worthwhile not just shooting and doing the one damage yeah, um, that, that you'll push through. So well, um, the, the, you've also got to have your jamming beam at a higher initiative than the rest of your squad. So there's yeah. no point having it on your I2 when the rest of your squad's already shot. So uh, That is the tight swarm to a T there because obviously... Um, so Martin's list, how runner has swarm tactics. So I think is it Iden that has the jamming beam, probably. Yeah, um, yeah probably. So is, yeah. so then how runner can swarm tactics Iden to initiative five, do the shot. Um, fairly sure how runner works. Is it just primer how runner? No, it's just it's just it's right. just, just primary. Yeah. Uh, but you're gonna have a focus. Roll three dice. You're just looking for one paint there, aren't you? And then it becomes. Um, and then you've got stuff like, uh, you know, Mauler and Scorch. So was it Mauler gets an extra red at range one? Scorch, uh, not Scorch, sorry, um, Scourge um, yeah. gets the extra red dice in Bullseye. Um, well, there's Battle of Yavin ones he was using on the old, the OG ones. I want to say the old ones. Well, are, are they three points or four points? Or five points. I can't remember off the top of my head. He had seven ships. Oh. Uh, I think at least one, possibly two of the the Initiative One uh, academies because uh, I made one very sad in the first term when I, or second term when I popped it. Um, but yeah, I think what Martin relies on with his Tice form is a lot of crack shots. So I don't think they will be Battler Yavins. I think they will just be no. Uh, uh- so using this uh, pattern analyzer website on the bottom right of his list, there's a opening Yasby link, and I'm looking at it now, and not a single one is. They've all got loadout values, so yeah. it's it's a scary list, and obviously you you guys know me. I've I've flown all, a lot of tie swarms myself, um. So I I knew I definitely couldn't like go into the front of that, and um, yeah, like you have got to imagine that the ghost probably, uh, obviously, yeah, jou- jousting it. And you think you're safe, but you're not. Yeah, he's got seven ships, and he's got four crack shots. He's got jamming beams, and I don't. I, don't, I honestly don't even know what you do as is as the ghost player in that matchup, apart from fly away like the opposite direction, because leverage your dorsal turret. <laughs> well, I mean, like, because you you can't even. Uh, that one turn where you think, well, I'll just bump into them. Um, yeah. Obviously, Martin's got Initiative 1 Academies, so he can send them for, like five forwards and four forwards and stagger the rest behind them so that you're only ever going to b- bump one TIE yeah, Fighter. something that doesn't matter. And, and, and if you bump, you're not getting your reinforce anyway. Um, and then, yeah, all the damage gets done because, what is it, four shields on a ghost? think so isn't it was it was it it six i can't remember but um uh i remember maybe six and ten health isn't it yeah something like that yeah but but uh, but either way you get into hole very quickly and all it takes is you know you you just know you can get that unlucky hole breach as one of your first crits or whatever and then just yeah ghost just melt um yeah yeah he he ended the day on i think three and two um but Both of his losses, one was to Dave, um, who obviously went 5-0, and and that was around one. And Dave's FO Swarm is probably just a little bit tougher, like harder to kill than the uh, than the Imperial variant. Um, and then the other one was to yourself, Tim. So, yeah. 
Oh, I mean, I like. I mean, Ma- me and Martin had a good chat after the game because um, he asked me, like, you know, sort of any sort of feedback I had um, for him, and and chatted a bit on Sunday as well. Um, I felt that that was probably my best game that I flew of the tournament. Like um, tactically, I made all the right choices um, and, and had a game plan, and uh, my list was, um, yeah, very effective at frustrating. Uh, Martin, um, yeah. we we ended up in a situation where I could claim two. Cause it was it was salvage, so I was guaranteed two crates. He could only get one crate turn one or turn two, sorry. Um, and then we had the one in the center where Click was staring at it, and Academy was staring at it, either side of a rock. And so Martin, correctly, I I, I still feel decided that he probably had to go and grab the crate with that academy to stop mm. click from grabbing it but the problem is I'd, I'd seen that coming and i'd already been working obi-wan up the flank and then he just did a big hard three lined at the bullseye bit of support from control and just uh yeah just obliterated him uh, uh you know just kill that tie fight because obviously picking up the objective um he has no defensive mods yeah and uh yeah and he gets the big dirty HLC shot from Obi Wan Kenobi, and yeah, I mean, and, and and that's the way. So that gave me that. So against Martin, that gave me a three point lead, which then meant that obviously Martin was sort of chasing the game for quite a bit. Um, eventually, Martin, I think, may have just squeaked the lead, uh, yeah. and it came in the last turn where Martin was definitely going to kill Click, but I was probably going to kill enough to tie the game. And then it came down to I think I had to call you for a bullseye check, didn't I? Yes. Um and it was whether Obi Wan could kill two health um Hell Runner to win the game. And Obi Wan loves an obstructed shot and was quite happy to uh to uh, oblige and uh, yeah. yeah, it was And you squeaked it out. You squeaked it out. No, absolutely. I mean that's it, like, you know, it was it was really good to uh, sort of it, for it to work. Um, yeah, I think everything, everything I, every decision I made kind of worked in that game and I played the scenario spot on and that's something I, I learned a lot from the tournament. So although I, I, I personally finished three and two myself, I actually feel quite positive about the way I, uh, it went. Um, I lost to Liam on stream, um, but that was just a car crash of a scenario and a sort of list matchup. Um, so I, I just kind of just chalk that one up as a, I probably can fly it better, but it's still a really bad matchup. Um, but my, uh, game versus, um, Sver, I think I could play it an awful lot better. Uh, he, he played it very well and I needed to react quicker to what he was doing in this because it was salvage again. Um, and yeah, so, you know, massively useful practice for worlds. Yeah. Okay, I mean, I'm just I'm just conscious of the time, and I just yeah, know that yeah. we could now because we've done the uh, we've done the Sith Taker up and literally finished yesterday, so we're like still buzzing. Event drop hasn't quite hit yet, but it's it's on its way. Um, so I do want to you know kind of move move us on to a few other things. Um, I just want to very quickly just say that the international element of the game uh, also included um, a guy called Yanis. Um, who was recording a second table he wasn't streaming it but he was recording a second table um on both days um so leaving aside one of the cut games where technology failed um there should be another 
I don't know, 10 games um, that they're going to do like bat reps and stuff. Um, so they're going to like, they're, they've got a YouTube channel. So once they've um, done them, we're going to get the guys um, to like, let us know where, where you can see those. And we're going to kind of promote it for them as well. So, you know, people can, can go and look at it. Um, it might be that they do the bat reps and the commentary in German, but you will be able to to look through um, some of the, the other games that got played, um, as well as the ones that were streamed by the Firecast. So Yanis um, came last year as well. Um, so he made cut last year. Uh, this year he got um, he got knocked out of cut. The very kind of uh, last um, thing was, uh, I think he got beaten by Fan in, in round five in Swiss um, on stream. So um, he was flying a, a fantastically painted um, Falcon. Um, and was unfortunate to to not get through. So, um, yeah, like just a, as a last point, um, we had somebody who travelled from Washington DC to play in the Sith Taker Open this year. So, if any of our more international listeners want to come from further afield than Washington DC, um, then you're more than welcome. Um, because currently Travis Williamson is our uh, is our longest travelling individual to come and play at the event. Um, Unless you count Andreas Tolman, who sometimes lives in California, but at the moment is living in Austria, so he didn't travel quite as far for this event, <laughs> not on the day. Um, but yeah, it was fantastic um, to have those guys here, um, like people that we know from the internet who just kind of said, you know what, I'm going to come. And that was amazing. Like it was genuinely brilliant. And I was kind of a bit blown away. Um, it was lovely to meet them in person. It's great to see those guys in the in the room, and it it makes uh, it makes it just a little bit more special. Oh yeah, I mean, like somebody did a judge call for me and and said, you know, such and such a thing, and I said, can I read the card? And they handed me the card, and it was in German, and I was like, well, I'm gonna need you to tell me what this card is first of all. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and then I'm gonna see if I can find another copy of it that's written in English. And it was just like, yeah, it's fine, you know, because it's a it is now an international event. You know, those guys have come for. You know, the, the guys have come over from Norway. It's like um, Christian Jesperson has been to the last, I think, three Sith Taker Opens from Pink Squadron. He comes over from from Denmark. Um, you know, we, we've had people from Germany. We've had people from Ireland. We've had people from Italy and Spain and France and stuff before. So, you know, like genuinely, we love the fact that the, the event's gone international. Um, and I'm sure that Mr. Ali's um, curry house... 100 yards down the road from Element are quite grateful for the extra business that they get once every 12 months as basically about half of the venue descends into it because it's the closest place to get decent food. So, um, yeah. Right. Um, Liam, you had a question for us today again, didn't you? Uh, yeah. Well, I'll go with the easy one first. The easy one. Okay. Yeah. So after a long day or long weekend of playing X-Wing... What do you do to get you back to recover? <laughs> Sleep. <laughs> it's my it's my knees and hips that go, and uh, yeah, I uh, and that good night's sleep got them sorted out for me. What about you, Tim? Painkillers. Well, yeah, I mean, like, so I think obviously, uh, I, mean, I I do suffer with lower back problems. Um, have done for many years through sport work you know and all that sort of stuff so uh, for me i think actually a lot of it is pre-event um so i actually did tweak my back at work um again a sort of week or two ago um so i'd already been sort of trying to take it a bit easier i've been doing stretches and stuff beforehand i've got a few um that i i, I tried to do um but then at the actual event it is more a case of being very conscious about my back um and 
you know, I mean, Tom, Tom's ex-military as well. You know, we we have this sort of saying like, you know, why why stand when you can sit? Why sit when you can lie down? And all this sort of stuff. Uh, and, and that's, you know, I think, quite important from X-Wing when it's like a five or six round event is if you've got a chair at your table and you can sit down, sit down. Like, you know, give your back a break, give your knees a break, give your feet feet a break and actually just take that time just to sort of, you know, sort of rest those joints because you, you may not feel it. But, you know, if you're stood there at the side of the table for an hour, hour and a half, you know, either stood straight or, or sort of leaning over the table, um, you, you're sort of putting your body into that sort of stress position and you need to sort of be moving and, and sort of keeping sort of limber. So yeah, I think sitting sitting down when you can is quite important. Uh, but yeah, I always have some ibuprofen with me, um, so I, I sort of made sure I was just taking a little bit of that just to make sure that you know I was just taking any sort of sort of pain pain off. Uh, and then uh, good old deep heat, which I think you got a whiff of Friday night. Um, yeah, and that's it. Like just making sure that you know I'm just sort of trying to sort of look after myself as best I can. I actually bought myself some new insoles. Uh, for my work boots, but I actually stuck them in my uh, my, my, my my trainers uh, for this week, so that I you know just, just try to make things as, as comfy as possible. Um, I don't know how how you know obviously if if Tom's got any thoughts because I know obviously he used to play um, a fair bit of sport you know as, as well as being in the military. No, just like like what you said, it's it's just a case of um, being conscious of it of the day on the day. I think as much as you can um, to a degree, like you obviously naturally up and about and over the tables and that it isn't the easiest but um staying hydrated as well it makes a massive difference to basically everything you do yeah yeah i mean that's so i i brought my water bottle with me and um although we had some water flow issues um with the bar uh but I, yeah i was making sure that i had that topped up and you know i, I could have you know water to drink and sort of keep hydrated but had my usual tournament snacks for me you know some salted cashew nuts and a little bit of Harry Bow and stuff, so just keeping your salt and any sort of your sugar levels up as well. Um, it's little things like that, and we don't really th- sort of think of it as from a gaming point of view. And you know, I do talk to people uh, outside of gaming, and you know, I, I think we probably we're probably more used to it now. But you don't, you perhaps don't consider like how much stress you do put your body and your mind through doing it during a, a day's gaming i uh, could not believe how tired i was last night yeah I'd yeah forgot, I'd, forgotten, I'd forgotten quite how um just how much information you're trying to take in and process um especially having like not being battle hardened in terms of going to events and doing it regularly just the the sheer volume of information that you're trying to handle um over the course of a couple of days like i joked about it earlier like on saturday night I was all ready to uh, see the boys and go out, and I went back to bed. I was probably asleep in about forty-five minutes after watching a bit of a bit of one of the streams, and and that was it. I was out, and like it was, I was so knackered after a, only a five-day, a five-round day. Like I remember yeah. the good old days we used to go and do ten rounds. Oh yeah, I mean that. I mean that is exa- exactly what I'm thinking about is, uh, yeah, the one-day store championships where you'd have. One day regionals as well, like where you'd yeah. play six rounds of Swiss and four rounds of cut. Sorry. Um, so I, when I say one day store champs, I'm thinking element game size store champs, yeah, not big the... store champs. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, no, absolutely the regionals. I mean, I, I know I've I've told this story before. I think it was the Patriot Regional one year, and um, I think Rasta. I can't remember who he was playing, but he was playing at like one a.m. in the morning, 
and uh, at randomly at some point in the game, he just took his falcon off the board, um, yeah. and it wasn't dead. But then he's like, turns out his opponent, he's like, oh no, actually I need to. Uh, uh, and his opponent could, could have just quite rightly said, "Well, you took him off the board," or his opponent could have placed it how he wanted it, and uh, and that was just pure tiredness. And 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 you know, when, certainly when I had the power element, I one of the things I did was sort of got away with that one day regional and said, like, when we got the regional, because I knew we would be running, you know, six rounds and you know, yeah. top sixteen if not top thirty-two, that it had to be over two days. Yeah, I, I think it, it was a good move. Like when when we made that transition to two days, and the community started to accept that they were two day events. I think one of the stupidest things we ever did was uh, me me and the old man and Scott. We went to um, we did a Cardiff regional um, on the Saturday, and we did the Milton Keynes regional on the Sunday. So I think I played like eighteen rounds of competitive x-wing over the weekend and that, and it that was an error by me yeah. that was an error i lost I, I won the final on on the saturday and lost the final on the sunday so i played as much x-wing as you physically could and oh my god that was um that was too much yeah i think like you've got to do two-day events now and even like yeah that that said now we're even shortening the the, the two-day events down to be the the commonality now is that you play five rounds unless you go I think over 150 players and that's the point where you tick up the six um, because you need that to you know to get a good um, outcome for cut um, so yeah it's it's very 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 different now isn't it in terms of how it runs yeah, but, it, it, yeah. and, it, and it, it's it's a bit it's better for the community and, and and as ridiculous as it sounds it's just safer like some of the some of the journeys we were doing back at sort of three in the morning after a final. Um, I don't know if any of you were ever present at the, at the, the timeless finals where <laughs> the, 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 the final suddenly went untimed for some unknown reason. Yeah. And I, I played Jack Mooney in the, in the Northwest and we got to the point where it was my jump master versus his Jake and neither of us could kill each other, but none of us were going to give up and it was about three in the morning. So I yeah I heard a story. Was it Dark Sphere, and uh, they started the final, and after I don't know two three hours or however long it was, and of like neither neither player really be in, being in position to win, uh, I think the store owner basically asked everybody to leave, uh, left the table as it was, and they came back the next day and finished it off. Yeah, um, I'm not surprised. Yeah, Jack like, played three hours, and um and we didn't start till. You know, midnight gone midnight. It was mental. I know one of the there was one event. I can't. I don't know if it was one that I went to, but it was one of the ones that the Greenaways ran, where the venue closed. So the two players that were in the final kind of knew each other and knew Rich and his family well. So everybody went home. They locked up um, and they played the final in Rich's greenhouse, uh, not greenhouse in his conservatory. They basically went back to their house, put put the, the you know the dining room table, gaming table up. And they played out the game on that. That's amazing. I love that. Can I have a cup of tea while I'm doing it? Like if you go to a regional and you're that far away and it's getting late into the night and, you know, you end up playing against one of your locals, like and it's a blue on blue final. You know what I mean? You you might as well. Yeah. You might as well be like, look, just give us the prizes for for top table and we'll go and we'll play it on Tuesday night. You know, we'll work it out. Yeah, Yeah, yeah. 
do, do we have to stay here and play? Is it fine? But I mean, I know like for a lot of store championships, often when it got to that late, the two finalists would just look at each other and be like, well, do you want the thing? And they'd be like, yeah, yeah. yeah, I want the thing. And be like, okay, well, I'm not bothered about the thing. So if you give me that thing, you can, you know, we can just, you know, or we like, would even just like, or just like, shall we just final salvo for it and see who wins kind of thing? And it was like, yeah, yeah, let's just do that. I don't care enough to play this last game of X-Wing. Let's I, I, go. Yeah. yeah, I remember like, um, so when I obviously was running the store champs at Element, it was like, yeah, the, like the hour of 15, and then it would be up for two hours of the final. I think they yeah. changed it too. And my little pre-final uh, brief to all the players was, you get two hours for the final, but if you take two hours, uh, I'll be... Uh, I, think I, I think I probably said I'd kill them, but, you know, be <laughs> very unhappy. Um, and, yeah, we had, uh, what was it, Harrison versus um, Ed, uh, one final, and they'd both uh, partake in a little bit too much across the bar. And, a little uh, bit too much. Well, yeah, I was being I was being polite, and I, I I know constantly I had to keep saying to Ed, it's like yeah, Ed, Ed, we appreciate the stories, but please play X Wing. I want to get home. <laughs> yeah, so that that was the easy question, Liam. That was going to be quick. What's what's the hard one? I'm conscious oh, of time. Shall I bank another day? Yeah, let's bank it. Bank it. Yeah, let's bank it for another day. Um, so actually, just before we just move on, actually, timing-wise, how did you find the timing went at the weekend for, from a TO point of view? So I didn't schedule long enough to give the wiggle room around people who just got into the planning phase when we called time in the round and also people moving between events. But because we were running five rounds, I now know that, you know, instead of giving an hour and a half per round in the schedule, you've got to give like at least an hour and 40 minutes. Um, because it can be a full 15 minutes between you calling time in the round and the last table yeah. actually finishing up. Some of those, um, so, like you say, if you're just going to planning, some of those games are super tight. Yeah. And, and the fact that you can, you, you know, you score points without necessarily needing to kill stuff. There's there's often point that, well, there's always points on the table somewhere. Yeah. Um, it might also can, change the way you play that last turn. Yeah. 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 Yeah, you take your time. Well, well yeah. even I'm not even that. I mean, like actually, um, maybe 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 you're setting dials. Maybe you set your dials, but suddenly you've called time. It's like, well, actually, I don't need to try and kill stuff. Maybe I'm actually well. Yeah, maybe I'm going to reposition, and maybe I'm going to dodge yeah. arcs and stuff like that. It uh, only starts the whole phase again. Yeah, because yeah. you have a different plan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, I mean, it it went well, and the five rounds meant that we finished round five at dinner time rather than 9 p.m., uh, which we did last year, um, which meant that, you know, there was time to do kind of the close down, the post-Swiss kind of prize awards, yeah. people to find places to go for food, to sit and have drinks, to play other games, you know, sit and chill out. And it wasn't like, a, oh, well, I've got two hours before we've got to be out. So we need to get everything turned around. And, you know, yeah. it, it was it was it made it more of a... Um, it, it gave more opportunity for the social side of stuff. So I got to go for a curry with the lads from the resist tank, including, you know, a couple of the, the people who traveled from, uh, mm. from quite far. So a fun walk from Germany and, and, and travels from America. And had we played another round, I'd have probably been too wiped out to do that. And I'd have just been sitting in a, in the corner of element, eating a kebab and regretting my life choices. But as it was, you know, it was much more relaxed. So, 
yeah, I, I liked the five rounds on the on the Saturday. So what with me being the, the TO, that probably means that next year we're going to play five rounds on the Saturday again. <laughs> so, privileges, privileges. Um, cool. Well, um, yeah, so we'll bank Liam's next question for next week. Okay, um, so we'll do shout-outs then. Tom, have you got any shout-outs that you want to do before you shoot? I guess... Um... Shout out to our, our local communities. You know, we've got a really, really fantastic community in Leeds and um, and the boys from Sheffield as well. They've been um, dragging me back in and um, getting me playing games a little bit. And it's uh, I, I owe them a big, uh, big thanks. So it's uh, it'll be good to go and join them a bit more often. They're all um, all cracking boys. And uh, a couple of shout outs we already made as well um, to the guys. Um, couple of cracking guys that i lost to over the weekend but yeah um just a just a big one to the whole to everyone who turned up really i had an absolutely fantastic weekend and it was great to see some um some old faces that had been uh been a good while cool cool cheers have you any shout outs tim uh just yeah there's there's loads of people like uh you know certainly chris christian uh mccall um there's several people that came and sort of said uh you know sort of you know thanks for the podcast and you know they really appreciate you know what what we're doing and stuff so you know thanks you know for coming and saying hello uh there'll be many names and, and people i would have forgotten over the weekend because um it's it's the curse sometimes of doing the podcast is everyone recognizes me and um you know try, me trying to remember everyone's names is, is an absolute nightmare especially when my my brain might be fried after a day's worth of gaming but um uh, yeah, it's very much appreciated and uh yeah we'll, we'll we'll keep going and keep doing what we're doing yeah. Um, Liam? Uh, I'm going to echo Tim, to be honest. Uh, my memory's not great at the best of the times. I told everyone I was going to bring Captain Sonar to the STO, uh, and then when I got home, I realised I left it on my bed. <laughs> so I'm just going to shout out all my opponents. I won't go through naming anyone just in case I miss them. And then anyone that did come up and say hello, and say thanks for doing the podcast and everything. Uh, there was quite a few people that said they enjoyed it, and it's nice to hear that something you're involved in uh, is well received and people enjoy it and listening. And I'll, uh, I'll thank you, Rich, for running an event that was almost as surgically timed as Tim's. Almost. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> I, actually, no, genuinely, I, you know, it was nice to actually be able to play. And, and it, we, you, we'll, we'll chat about it next time. But, you know, I, I think everything was uh, super smooth. Uh, it did make me chuckle because we had to do a repair at one point. And I heard someone shout, bring back Tim. Um, but, you know, even, <laughs> even I've had to do repairs and stuff. And it's just, you know, it is, it is what happens. But no, it, it, everything ran on time and, and was yeah. spot on. And a really enjoyable event. You know, I got I got some nice prizes out of it. Um, so, yeah, cool. All good. Great. Um, yeah, for me, I, I've, I've done a lot of my shout outs as we've been going through. Um, but I want to give a particular special shout out to um, Sean and to Johnny, who were the two kind of... Um, people who were doing a lot of the administrative and like social media stuff over the course of the event and they that enabled me to kind of focus on judging and on kind of enabling and, and making sure that the logistics of the event were running um smoothly but yeah just you know we had a lot of stuff we had a lot of bounties and i, I really want to just massively shout out the whole player base for engaging with the bounty system in in the way in which it was intended so it was there to give everybody a bit of fun um you know, once they weren't able to qualify for the main event uh, or for cut, sorry, that they actually um, still had a reason to stay in and play for, you know, other prizes and stuff. So it was it was great that 
um, that everybody basically went for that. And again, echo you guys for saying, you know, the number of people that came up to me and said, oh, it's weird hearing your voice in my actual ears rather than through the speakers of my car. I was like, all right, cool. <laughs> but yeah, it's great, as you said, to know that it's well received. So um, cool. Um, oh yeah, and one, one last shout out to um, Nikki Burnett for um, doing the stream on the Saturday into the Farcast lads for for giving, putting the kit up. Um, it was awesome. Um, so on that very cheerful note, we're going to say uh, goodbye from Tom. Thanks so much for having me. Uh, pleasure to uh, chat some extra drinks and uh, cheers for indulging me for a while. <laughs> You're welcome, man. Uh, it's goodbye from Liam. Toodles. Uh, goodbye from Tim. Goodbye. Uh, it's goodbye from me. Ta-da. Show job. Hey.